Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Healthcare providers are taught about how to treat illness, but not necessarily taught to effectively help patients and themselves to prevent and reverse chronic disease through lifestyle. Here to tell us about lifestyle medicine is Kylie Owen. She's a physician assistant in the Clinical Decisions Unit with the Carl Foundation Hospital. Kylie, what's the current state of disease today? How is it related to our unhealthy behaviors? Well, thank you so much for having me on here, Melanie. It's uh, great to be here. So today we know that, um, well, the CDC tells us that about six out of 10 U.S. adults have a chronic disease. Um, about four in 10 have multiple chronic diseases. And we know that chronic disease is the leading cause of death and disability in the United States. And it's what the vast majority of healthcare money is spent on. Um, but we also know that if we could just do a better job on the lifestyle front, it's estimated that nearly 80% of the chronic disease burden could be prevented. Kylie, when I was in school, I'm an exercise physiologist, our concentration was on that lifestyle modifications and the physiology and the profound effect that exercise has. Do you feel, and this is your opinion, that medical professionals are getting that education now that they may not have been getting 20 years ago? Do you think the medical community is kind of catching up in the education department? I do. I think you're really starting to see a shift in this direction. And I think that that is exciting. You're starting to see a lot of healthcare institutions, medical schools developing innovative programs um, that go more in depth into a lot of these lifestyle areas, taking a more holistic approach to care. And, um, and I think that's really, really exciting. I do too. And I also think that so many aspects of that kind of care are all coming together, whether it's acupuncture, chiropractic, physical therapy, nutrition, dietetics, they seem to all be kind of coming together, as you say, to treat the whole person. Tell us what lifestyle medicine is and how is it typically practiced? So lifestyle medicine is the evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches to prevent, treat, and reverse chronic disease. So that includes things like healthy diet, regular physical activity, adequate sleep, stress management, avoiding substance abuse, and healthy relationships. And you might be thinking, or at least I did when I first heard this term, lifestyle medicine, I thought, well, gosh, kind of sounds like common sense. I mean, it kind of just makes sense that we should um, do these things for good health. But the even though this may be common knowledge to some extent, it is not commonly practiced. And as we touched on before, the result is plain and simple chronic disease, lots and lots of chronic disease. What lifestyle medicine does is really look to address the root 
cause of a lot of these chronic illnesses to take a deeper dive into behavioral change and to really focus on getting the lifestyle healthier so that we can minimize the need for medications and procedures. So instead of adding more medications to the mix, the goal is to actually help get patients um, off of some of these medications or to prevent them from ever, ever needing them in the first place. What are some of the basic principles of lifestyle medicine? When we're thinking about it, people hear lifestyle medicine and they might think alternative medicine or Eastern medicine or complementary medicine. What's the difference between some of those and integrative medicine and lifestyle medicine? Uh, that's a good question. I, I do think you're starting to see more and more um, of a mix between Western practices and Eastern practices and, and just really more of an open mind in general about what health and healing is. I guess what my answer would be would be that lifestyle really focuses on the actions we can take in our everyday life and tries to not focus so much on um, external things to make us well. So it's less about supplements um, and things like that. It's more about how we are leading our life. That's so interesting. And people think of medicine as a way to treat a disease or treat a condition. But this is a little bit different because we're trying to not only prevent the condition, but treat the person with a healthier lifestyle. Tell us some of the challenges of practicing this type of medicine when you can't always get to the person before. People don't tend to go see a doctor if they don't feel sick. So what are some of the challenges? How do you get to people? Right. The, that's the thing. It's one of those things that we, our health, <laughs> I think if you asked anybody, they would say, yeah, health is important. But it's also one of those things that can easily be pushed to the back burner if we're not directly seeing the results of that. And so unfortunately, um, we're taking care of these other urgent matters in our life that are maybe not as important, but they are more urgent and time goes on and, and we keep pushing it to the back burner, pushing it to the back burner until eventually it, it does become a hot problem that we have to take care of. And so, um, unfortunately that, that happens a lot. And I think that for one thing, just education to help patients understand the trajectory that they may be on, even though they may not be seeing some of the results of that yet, what those complications are. And for those who are already running into some problems, for example, with chronic diseases, understanding that, um, you know, lifestyle is, is very potent. It works. When patients do it, it works and it works pretty quickly. And so I think it's a message of hope saying that, Yes, we, we do need to put you on this medication today. However, depending on how motivated you are to make changes, this, this may not always be the case for you. True. And, and I think one of the changes that people think about, I mean, we hear about smoking, exercise, all of these things, but stress management sleep quality, oh, yeah. some of those kinds of things, right? Those are the ones that we're seeing so many more links to diabetes and obesity and heart disease, stress. Kylie, speak about how you would go about helping somebody because we're all feeling it, whether you're a healthcare provider or a regular person, we're all feeling that stress. And as you say, we have to work on our own situations before we can put the mask on those that we love or our patients. 
So how do we work on the stress, whether it's on ourselves or with patients? Exactly. That's that's a very good uh, conversation point. So we know from the American Psychological Association, the APA, that the majority of Americans are suffering from moderate to high stress. And the problem with stress is that stress in itself is very bad for your health. Um, it leads to a whole bunch of different physical conditions, everything from ulcers to heart attacks to chronic pain to all sorts of things. But the, the unique problem with stress is that um, often we, instead of managing stress in healthy ways, we're often indulging in unhealthy behaviors. And so it further complicates the problem. So that's when you start getting into substance abuse or self-medication with food or whatever else, you know, is, is kind of taking away um, the, the, the problems that are brought on by stress. So I hear you. That is a big one. And the other thing is um, just understanding that our bodies have a lot of self-healing mechanisms in place, but we need to give our bodies the right conditions to be able to, to function well. And keeping stress at bay is a huge, huge part of that. And I think a lot of it has to do with our culture. You know, we live in a culture where uh, we're doing more and more in less time and just packing a lot in, and, and there's just not a lot of time for rest and recovery. Um, and I think just the a lot of it has to do with the frantic pace of life that we keep. Um, so a big part of that, I think it's individual to individual, just trying to look into our own lives to see, you know, where can we perhaps say no to some things? Where can we perhaps change our priorities and um, realize where our our values really are and where we want to place more focus? Kylie, when you're working with patients, because I think that maybe one of the things that people wonder about with lifestyle medicine or some of the other forms of complementary medicine are the training that you have. And, you know, it's always been sort of a bane for personal trainers to give nutrition advice or nutritionists to give exercise advice or, you know, that crossover where maybe the qualifications are not there. What would you like other mm-hmm. providers to know about the training that you have in lifestyle medicine or when you know, they're recommending a practitioner in that form of medicine, the training involved to be able to give that very important nutritional advice and exercise and looking at stress and sleep and all of those other factors. I think ideally, and and hopefully we start seeing more and more of this in healthcare, ideally you have a model of care where the patient is in the middle and you do have these experts in different areas that that work together to get this patient better. Um, so you have that person who's really good when it comes to the exercise and you have that person who's really good when it comes to the nutrition and you've got this other person who's really, really good when it comes to mind-body. Now, most of us, granted, are not working in that kind of environment, but maybe one day that's, that's much more the norm. I do think that there are things we can do right now in our current practices, whatever that may be, whether that be inpatient or whether that be, you know, as a primary care provider, to just do a better job of understanding some of these things and how we might address these things a little bit better. But it's also understanding, too, that 
I may I may not be the best person to go over a particular topic, but if I know who to refer that patient to, then that's going to be helpful. As we wrap up, tell us your vision for lifestyle medicine, and what do you want other providers to know about how the more we focus on lifestyle medicine with patients, the better we get at practicing what we preach, something certainly that many healthcare providers, you know, deal with on a daily basis, but what would you like them to know about this form of medicine and helping their patients with it? I think that the more we dig into this area of lifestyle and the more we try to get better at it with patients, I think um, in my own experience, it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. And um, I I think that there's a lot of uh, enjoyment there. And I could tell you just, um, I can think of five things right off the bat that have changed in my own practice over the last few years that I think have made a big difference. And um, if you'd like, I can (laughs) go into those. Sure, do that. So one thing I think, number one, I think we need to change our definition of medicine. Um, We need to realize that medicine does not have to come in a bottle and that, you know, food is medicine, movement is medicine, sleep, fresh air, healthy relationships, all of these things are medicine. The other thing to keep in mind is that iatrogenic illness is the third leading cause of death in the United States. So when it comes to medications, sometimes less really is more. And we need to really think hard before we throw another medication into the mix and think what is going to be in the best interest of the patient. The second thing I would say is that, and this is a little bit tough love, but sometimes we need to be brutally honest with ourselves and we need to say, hey, you know, how good of a job am I doing in this area? Um, A few years ago, I did this myself, and, um, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. When I looked at my own life, I was eating junk all the time. I was not exercising. I wasn't getting good sleep. I was stressed out all the time and, you know, running on caffeine. And how can I really relate to a patient if I'm not doing, doing those things in my own life? So I think when we take a deeper dive into those things with our own life, not only can we give, can we help patients more in that way, it's also, you know, improving our own quality of life. The third thing I would say, which is huge, this has been a game changer for me, is to learn motivational interviewing. This is kind of a counseling technique, but it's much less about lecturing and giving advice. It's much more about listening, asking questions, and helping patients to find answers that are going to work in their own life. Um, so that's something that can be really, really helpful. The other thing, the fourth thing I would say is just um, that we need to educate ourselves better on nutrition in particular, because this is something that hasn't traditionally been focused on in medical education. In fact, only about a quarter of medical schools offer a single course in nutrition. I don't know the stats on PA schools, but I would imagine they're pretty similar. So we we need to be diving into some of this nutritional research and realizing that, you know, food is medicine. And then fifth, I would just say this is an opportunity to where we can really give hope to people, where we can really empower patients. Um, It can be a lot of fun and it can really help to make our work meaningful and enjoyable. I couldn't agree more. What a great segment. Kylie, thank you so much for coming on. Really such an interesting topic and the way that so many healthcare providers today 
as we all come together, really should be practicing medicine. Thank you again for coming on with us. You're listening to Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. For a listing of Carl providers and to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit carlconnect.com. That's carlconnect.com. We hope the information gained will be applicable to your work and life, and I certainly think this segment will. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for tuning in.